My analysis of last night's VP debate, and it wasn't good for Kuki Kamala. President Trump says no to virtual debate, and my take on what President Trump needs to concentrate on the next four weeks on the countdown to election 2020. Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Real. Connecticut rapper comes to Gurkha, mild, creamy, and smooth. GurkhaCigars.com. By New World from A.J. Fernandez. There's a new world for every palate, from the mild New World Connecticut to the medium New World Cameroon to the ultra-flavorful, bold New World Oscuro. AJFCigars.com. And by Davidoff of Geneva, introducing the new Camacho Nicaragua. Forged in fire, harnessing the wild flavors of Nicaragua. Camacho, live loud. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And a very good morning to you. It is morning when I record this Bold Alpha podcast. Alpha Dave, the global, your global five-star general alpha male in chief front and center from Command Center Alpha with cigar and freshly brewed espresso Mm. in hand. Great way to start the morning. And I welcome you to Bold Alpha, your home of alpha male lifestyle conversation and commentary. And I can think of... Nothing better to commentate on than last night's VP debate to get things started. There's a very good reason why Kamala Harris is not the presidential Democratic nominee. If you watched any of the debates that the DNC threw early on when they had all their throngs of candidates on stage, she's a very poor debater. She starts bobbling her head. In fact, instead of calling her Kamala, I think I'm going to call her Babala because her head just bobbles right, left, up and down. When she gets nervous, she starts to to laugh. She starts to play with her hair, takes her hand and takes her uh, hair and puts it behind her ear. She makes facial uh, 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 gyrations. And you'll remember that when, who was it? Uh, the congresswoman from Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard, she launched an attack on Kamala that was DEFCON 1. She went absolutely nuclear on Babala. And Kamala did not know what to do. You could see her reaction, very similar to the reaction when Mike Pence caught her on numerous uh, issues last night where she starts to bobble, she starts to move back and forth, the facial expressions, and she has no answer. And after Tulsi Gabbard eviscerated her and she had no comeback, that was the end. She didn't even make it to the first primary. And remember, Kamala Harris had the full backing of former President Barack Obama and all the Obama minions, Valerie Jarrett, Michelle Obama. They provided her with campaign staff, with people to run her campaign. But as I like to say, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And if you don't have a good candidate, I don't care what you try to do. If they don't have the charisma, if they don't have the ability to think quickly on their feet, that's a trait you're not going to change. If you take a look at every president, primarily every president that has been elected, they possess charisma. 
They can think quickly on their feet. They don't need teleprompters. They don't need to be overly rehearsed. You can't, you can't uh, uh, train someone in that. that. You have it or you don't. You can't give somebody a personality transplant. It doesn't work. Now, Vice President Pence, very even-keeled, and a number of people said, well, he just seems robotic. Well, if you take a look at the yin and yang, you've got the yin of President Trump, who's all over the place, and then you got the yang of a calm Midwesterner, former governor, former congressman, former radio talk host or presenter, and Mike Pence. Very calm, very stated, makes for a good team. You don't want two of the same necessarily on the same team. Kamala Harris last night, just a couple of quick observations before I get into some detail, is that when she is challenged on facts or she's pinned into a corner, she looks the part. Again, very nervous, the facial gyrations, the, 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 the nervous laugh, playing with her hair, jumping up and down. There's, there are multiple times when she just, it was just juvenile how she acted. When, when Vice President Pence made a comment, she's like, I don't need to be lectured. I'm the only one on this stage that has prosecuted someone. Well, her record in California is frankly abysmal. Abysmal. Including to the blacks who she supposedly is in favor of and of which she is a part of. She went after uh, black criminals in a worse way than for the same crimes than white criminals. It's fact. In fact, there were instances of Kamala Harris where her office is attorney general. She got information that people were wrongly convicted and didn't release them on time. Kept them in for uh, cheap labor. So her record, she's no prize. So overall, when you pin her in a corner, she gets very nervous. I will guarantee you that Midway through, she couldn't wait to get the hell off that stage. She couldn't run fast enough. Exit stage right. Now, in terms of some of the topics that she brought up, some of the issues, and the way that Vice President Pence, who was very calm, really made the case for a second term. And President Trump should pay very close attention to what VP Pence did. He stuck to the record. He talked about, didn't shy away from the Chinese Wuhan virus response. He didn't go, he didn't shy away from the economy. In in fact, I would tell President Trump for the next four weeks, there's only two things you ought to talk about. Don't get into the extemporaneous bullshit. Talk about two things. One, your response to the Chinese Wuhan virus, that as soon as you got the information, You shut down the country to China and then to Europe, prevented millions of deaths. Joe Biden said, keep the country open. That President Trump was being xenophobic and racist. So the case she should make is Joe Biden would have cost millions more lives. One life is too many, as Vice President Pence pointed out and as President Trump has pointed out many times. One life is too many. But the projections were millions. And when Anthony Fauci... And Dr. Burks, Martha Burks, came to them and said, we need to shut the country down in March or whenever it was. I think it was mid-March. He followed the advice, followed the scientific advice from his scientific experts. Now, 
Whether phony Fauci is an expert or not, that remains to be seen. But nonetheless, for the campaign, you say, they came to me, they said, do it, and I did it. And Dr. Fauci said that because of what I did, we saved millions of lives. That's all you need to do and say, in the meantime, we got Operation Warp Speed together. We want vaccines. We want, uh, we want other medications. We want therapeutics. And President Trump should say very simply, the therapeutics that I was on are the ones I want every American to have. I have authorized emergency use, which they're doing. And this morning when he was on with Maria Bartiromo of Fox Business News in a almost one-hour interview, said that within a day he felt better after getting the Regeneron therapeutic, the antibody cocktail called Regencov2. And he said, I want to make that free, free to every hospital and nursing home. Now think about that, free. So you have the other candidates that are running on health care. You've got Biden who says, he's going to take away your health care. He's going to take away pre-existing conditions. President Trump needs to hammer it home. No way. I'm the one that wants it free. I want every test to be free. I want the Regeneron cocktail for everybody. I want everybody to have the same level of care as me. Make that case to the American people. Do it calmly. Don't interrupt. Don't go crazy. Don't get hot. Biden will dig his own hole. He always does. And I'll get to, in in a couple of minutes, talk about the latest in terms of the second presidential debate. That's another fiasco. But to last night, when Vice President Pence, very calmly, looked at Kamala Harris and said, are you going to pack the court? The American people deserve an answer. You won't answer it? Or Vice President Biden wouldn't answer it? The American people want to know. And she danced around, and he pinned her into a corner. That's exactly what happened. Pinned her into a corner, and she started gyrating and started started playing with her hair. Again, the body language revealed everything. And it was very apparent that she was uncomfortable. There's a very good reason, again, why she is not the Democratic presidential nominee. She doesn't resonate with people just doesn't resonate. And even when you look at her, she thinks when she's uh, sitting in front of a a, a Senate, uh, on a Senate committee, she can play Miss DA. She can play attorney general and, and, and like she's in a courtroom and ask those questions. It doesn't play when you are in a debate. When she is not in control, she has lost it. It's over for her. Now, she never answered the question. And then she starts going into this diatribe about Iran and the president got out of the Iran deal and the president, as Joe always says, you got to talk to, you got to keep your friends close or some bullshit like that. You know, NATO and we're ruining relationships. Vice President Pence clearly stated Iran was and is a terror regime. They promulgate terror in the region and in the world. And the Obama administration handed over, which VP Biden was a part of, of, handed over $1.5 billion in cash to the Iranians. It was President Trump that killed Soleimani. It was President Trump that eradicated ISIS when Obama and Biden were calling it the JV team. So he prosecuted his case very well. And again, she didn't know where to go. Now, one thing I want to talk about in terms of the moderator, 
Susan Page. Susan Page works for USA Today, writer for USA Today. And I shall love to tell you that she's from Kansas. She's from the Midwest, the heartland. She's been a Washington swamp rat for 40 years, 30 years, whatever it is, 40 years. Now, this Commission on Presidential Debates is an absolute joke. They are the ones that sponsor these debates. They come up with the moderator. They come up with the format. And let's take a look. The first two moderators, Christine Wallace, I don't give a shit if he says he's an independent. We all know the truth. He's a Democrat. Susan Page, I guarantee you, she may be an independent or or not registered for a political party. I guarantee you. She is a Democrat. When will the Republicans learn to put the kibosh on the Commission on Presidential Debates? A little history about the Commission on Presidential Debates. Because most people have no idea. Like, who puts these things up? The Commission on Presidential Debates, CPD, established in 1987, according to their website, to ensure for the benefit of the American electorate that general election debates between or among the leading candidates for the offices of president and VP are a permanent part of the electoral process. So they sponsor, produce the quadrennial general election debates, and they undertake research and educational activities relating to the debates. They're a 501-3C corporation, so technically a nonprofit. But let's take a look at who's on. And again, you won't hear the Libstream media talk about this. Who is on? the Commission on Presidential Debates. Who are the directors? Who are the chairs? Well, I can tell you that with the exception of one people, one person, all the other people that serve on the board, there's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, plus there are three coaches. So there's about 13. They're either above the age of uh, like 75 or 80, and with one exception. Now, let's take a look at the board of directors, John Danforth. Now, you say, well, John Danforth was a Republican from... Uh, Missouri. Well, I guarantee you the Republicans they're putting on are not actually Republicans. They're rhinos. Charlie Gibson, the former ABC uh, anchor and reporter, absolute Democrat. Uh, They've got Jane Harmon, former congresswoman, Democrat liberal congresswoman from California. They've got uh, Richard Parsons, who is the former chairman of Time Warner, who is absolutely a Democrat. Now, who are the Republicans? They've got uh, Newton Minow, who's, I think, 90, former head of the FCC. Olympia Snow, who was a very rhino Republican. Uh, and they've got uh, another, uh, some, some several other people that are on there as well. But all of them, when you look at all of them, they are all primarily leaning towards the left. You may say some are center, but this Commission on Presidential Debates is absolutely no question leans left. No ifs, no ands, no buts. So that's a problem. And it's a huge problem regarding an announcement they made earlier today, which I'll get to in just a minute. But going back to the debates, the the format is stale. You're telling me that we have to use this same cockamamie horseshit format where you have some uh, dictatorial moderator who sits there supposedly neutral, and we know that's not the case. Just look at Christine Wallace. 
And they basically say, these are the rules. You're going to stay to the rules. You have two minutes, two minutes. The American people want to hear what the fuck these candidates have to say, not what a, a debate moderator says. Okay, two minutes, but I'll give you 15 seconds to rebut. To me, and the questions are always leading. Wallace's questions were leading, especially lead, they leaned absolutely against President Trump. And the same thing yesterday. Susan Page, the way she phrased her questions were leading questions against Vice President Biden. How about the moderators say, we have 10 minutes in this particular segment. The topic is the economy. Vice President Pence, we'll let you start. Make your case on why you think you should be, your, uh, you and President Trump should be reelected based upon what you've done with the economy. Great. You give them two minutes. Then you go over to Kuki Kamala. Okay, Kuki Kamala, your turn. Why would you be a better... Why, why do, Make the case why you would be better on the economy. And then let them go. Don't give these leading questions. Let them go at each other. And then say, great. Okay, let them have a conversation. If the moderator needs to step in, say, okay, let's not talk over each other. Tell you what, Kamala, you're going to get a minute, and then uh, Vice President Pence, you'll also get a minute. Keep the time. Here's an interesting fact. Everybody said, oh, it was, it was Vice President Pence that had much more time. He got way more time than Kamala. Well, there are people that actually, if you look at Twitter and social media, that actually went and go second by second to see who had more time. I was astonished because I thought Vice President Pence, I thought they were fairly equal. Kamala had three minutes more than Vice President Pence. So to any media that says, oh, Mike Pence got more time and he talked over her, that's blatant bullshit. It's a lie. Pence had three minutes less than Kamala. And Kamala still lost the debate. She still couldn't make the case. And then when she talks about fracking and says, no, we're for fracking, and then within seconds on Twitter and on Facebook... And, and social media, all the, the videos come out where she says to a person directly at one of the town halls, I'm looking at you right now. We're going to end fracking. And Biden says, we're going to end fracking. Now, all of a sudden, they're for fracking. The American people are smarter than that. And AOC even came out with a tweet and, say, and said, no to fracking. Actually, it's not good. So they're going to lose their ultra-left coalition. By going center... They have no choice because they know they can't win going ultra-left. And now you're going to have the ultra-left that's going to be ticked off, who they kowtowed to, and they still are kowtowing to, but the American public knows the truth. He got her on the fracking. No ifs, ands, or buts. Several other comments just in terms of my overall impressions of the debate. Again, Susan Page, I felt, let's get rid of this format. Just let them go at each other. Give them one topic and say, great, next topic is going to be the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus or COVID. You've been criticized, Vice President Pence. We've had 200,000 deaths. What say you? Great. And then how would you have handled it better, Kamala? You and Vice, or you and Pre or Vice President Biden. Then go after him. Let them go back and forth. But this nonsense where they come up with these leading questions and slant the debate is unacceptable. Enough of these commission on presidential debates. I say enough. But Vice President Pence hit on two. I mean, he hit on multiple things. He, he hit great on the, 
the Wuhan virus response. He was great on the economy. He was great in terms of President Trump being tough on terrorism and Iran. He hit all the right notes. And what's very interesting is that when you look, and again, they have these panels of supposedly independent, or correction, they are undecided voters. Now, here's my take on that. If you are undecided after knowing who the two presidential candidates have been for the last nine, ten months, you're a fucking moron and don't deserve to vote. These are the people that go into McDonald's. Well, you've got to go in and out quickly or Burger King, and you know you want a Big Mac or a, a quarter pounder with cheese, an order of fries, and a large uh, Coke. You're ready to place your order, and these people are like, well, I'm not sure. Should I get the Big Mac should I get the quarter pounder? Maybe I should get the filet of fish. Oh, but maybe I should get the two cheeseburgers. And I'm not sure whether I want to look. These are the people you sit behind that can't make up their minds. I'm sorry. Eight months you've known who the candidates are. I'm not buying it. And I say, if you haven't made up your mind by now, then you probably shouldn't vote. Here's what I believe. I believe that Americans have made up their minds. The only question is, what will be the result? That's it. They've made up their minds what will be the result. I, of course, am hoping that President Trump will be reelected. And I don't believe all these, these polls because one of the things that the liberal stream media loves to do, they quote all these polls, yet they never talk about the methodology behind the polls. I saw one poll yesterday that showed that Biden was up by like uh, 15 points, 20 points, supposedly in Florida. No chance. Zero chance of that. But when you look at the methodology, they, they, it was based on cell phone or, or regular phone. Very, and when you look at it, they don't target likely voters. And then when you look at how they're asked if they are Democrat, Republican, the sample size was overwhelmingly Democrat. I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Do I think it's going to be a close election? Yes. Do I think that President Trump will lose the popular vote? Yes. Do I think he can win the electoral? Yes. But he has to stay on message. Must simply stay on message. Watch. I hope that he watches Vice President Pence's performance again yesterday. And I'm sure his uh, debate preppers are doing the same thing, saying you need to watch this. Cut the interrupting. Stay on message. Stay on point. Now, I did get a kick on the fact that all these... Libstream Media, CNN and BSDNC and all these other networks, uh, uh, reporters that, that are absolute Democrat biased, they know that Vice President Pence won the debate hands down. So what did they focus on? Well, they focused on that stupid fly. That was number one, which, again, I wanted to go through the TV and just swat that damn fly. And finally, somebody must have seen it. And while Kamala was on, they must have you know, told him to swat it, and he did. Then it was gone. And then they started talking about how Pence was mansplaining to Harris. I'm sorry, but if a, a person, whether they're male or female, white, black, Asian, whatever their ethnic or their gender, their ethnic makeup or their gender, when you are on the stage, I'm sorry. There are, it is hands, it is, it is, anything goes. For you to say, well, because she's a woman, you should not, go, you should not talk. You've got to talk to her differently like a five-year-old. That's insulting. She loves to say how she's accomplished, she's successful, although she slept her way to the top, kind of. Won't get into that now, but 
do the research on that, who she was banging while uh, the, uh, 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 what was it, Uh, Willie Brown, the former mayor of San Francisco. He was the very powerful speaker of the California House for many years. Married, had all these uh, gumas mistresses on the side. Nothing wrong with that. One of them was a young Kamala Harris. So don't tell me she didn't spread her legs to kind of get her way to the top. Let's, let's, let's uh, Let's not have any pretense here. There's no doubt about it. She advanced because of her position. I don't know if it was missionary or 69, whatever, but let's just say she advanced because of her position. Now, I'm not saying she's not smart, but let's not pretend that she didn't get a little help along the way. She did. But for these libstream biased reporters to say, oh, Vice President Pence mansplained to her and talked down to her, he most certainly did not. He was very respectful. But when you lose the debate, what do they focus on? They can't say Pence won. Oh, he was mansplaining. There was the fly. When they have to focus on that minutia, you know they lost and they lost big. And then when I see on the post-debate coverage with Fox News and I see that Donna Brazile, why she is employed by Fox or any network after blatantly cheating and handing questions to uh, uh, Hillary Clinton in, in advance of a debate, is while she was with CNN, is absolutely beyond me. She's hired again, and she had the most dour look I have seen in ages. And she can pretend all she wants, oh, he was great, but she was angry. And you could tell she was angry because she knew that Kamala got her kooky Kamala ass kicked. End of discussion. So overall, a great night for Vice President Pence. Let's get rid of this stupid format. Let the candidates talk. I thought overall, Vice President Pence made great, the great case for another four-year term. Will it sway voters? Maybe, maybe not. Again, I think most people have made up their minds. But it would be a good reminder for President Trump, follow what Mike Pence did. Stick to your Wuhan virus response. Stick to the economy. Make the case saying, listen, You know, I couldn't lock myself in in a closet somewhere. I do see people. But by going through it, I learned a lot. And I learned that I want to make sure that every American has the same level of care that I had. And therefore, I want that Regeneron antibody cocktail and Eli Lilly's available free for every American that comes down with the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. Every hospital, every doctor, I want it free. End of discussion. Now, a discussion that I would love to have is about the lovely Gurkha Real. If you like a creamy, mild to medium-bodied cigar, touch of sweetness, little cedar, you're going to love the Gurkha Real. Connecticut shade wrapper grown in Ecuador, Dominican Olor binder, Dominican Criollo 98 filler, Nicaraguan long filler. It's a nice, mellow, medium-bodied profile, extreme smoothness. In fact, as I record today's Bold Alpha podcast, it's just about uh, 10, 20 in the morning. You could have this at 6.20 in the morning, 10.20 in the morning, 2.20 in the afternoon, 9.20 at night. It's a great cigar. The Gurkha Real, a nice mild to medium creamy uh, cigar with just nice, the right notes of of cedar and sweetness. GurkhaCigars.com. Now, President Trump this morning was on with Maria Bartiromo of Fox Business. It was on for almost an hour. And one of the topics that came up was that 
during the, the course of the interview was that the uh, uh, debate commission, the presidential commission on debates, announced that the next debate is going to be virtual. Now, there was no consultation with the candidates, as far as we can tell. They came out and just said, well, because uh, President Trump came down with it, we're going to make it virtual. And President Trump said, no, I'm not doing a virtual debate. I'm not sitting in front of a computer. I want to talk to people one-on-one. And he's right. Now, the the Presidential Commission on Debates could have said, look, we will postpone the debate. We'll still keep it in Miami. But instead of Tuesday night, or whenever it's supposed to be, let's do it Thursday night. I guarantee you, all the networks would have been happy to accommodate the change. There would have been no issues. But instead, the Commission on Presidential Debates unilaterally acts and says we're going to do it this way without even uh, consulting the candidates. Now, Biden's thrilled. He's happy to sit in his uh, Wilmington basement with his teleprompter. And I guarantee you, there would be a teleprompter sitting there. So it would not be a fair debate because both candidates could have notes. And I'm not for that. I want to hear what the candidates have to say. One-to-one, mano-e-mano. So President Trump said, I'm not doing it. Now, people are already saying in the lipstream, oh, this makes the president look weak if he doesn't show up. No. What President Trump is saying, look, when it's safe, happy to do it. If we need to postpone it, let's do it. Look, you can do, what do they say? If you have two negative COVID tests, Chinese Wuhan virus tests, then you're clear. Fine. Start testing. Test the president. And I'm sure they're going to start testing. It's going to be, what, about a week since he's had it? I'll guarantee you they are starting to... I'll guarantee you today, this afternoon, they're going to start with a test. And if it's negative, they'll do another test. So I guarantee you that they will absolutely conduct tests. And if you have two negative tests, the, the scientists, the researchers, the medical professionals have said you have two negative tests, you're fine. You can still put a plexiglass partition. Everybody, before they walk into that, uh, into that forum, they can all, both of them can test. You can have the lab equipment right there. Biden can test. Trump can test. The moderator can test. It's very simple. It absolutely can be done. And it should be done. Let's have the debate. But to do a virtual debate, I don't think so. That is, that is lame. I don't want to sit in front of a, uh, see him sitting in front of a computer screen or a Zoom with a cockamamie debate. If you need to postpone it a couple of days, great, do it. In fact, the Commission on Presidential Debates, if they were really in touch with 21st century voting, they would know that in many states, voting starts already in September. So why the hell are we waiting until late September to start debates? You should start it after Labor Day. Say, great, we're going to have the first debate before the first Early voting takes place, whatever the state is. If the first state is uh, 45 or 50 days before the election, say we're going to have the debate before then. Then we'll have the second debate the week after and a third debate. Let's Let's move them earlier. Why wait until the very end? But again, this is the Commission on Presidential Debates that's archaic. You got people on there that average age of 90, and it leans left. It's not a bipartisan commission in any way shape or form they are slanted they lean left they have always selected these these moderators in fact the next moderator for the miami debate between biden and president trump 
is on C-SPAN, and he used to be, I believe, a, uh, I want to say either he was in the Clinton White House or Obama White House, or he worked for, uh, oh, I think it was maybe he worked for Senator Ted Kennedy. He's an absolute Dem Lib. Absolutely. They always select moderators that are leftists, that lean left, that are Democrats. They never select someone who is center-right or Republican. Never. They don't do it because they are biased. So the Commission on Presidential Debates should absolutely go. It's archaic. Let's get with the times. We're in the 21st century. Now, speaking of getting with the times, got a great cigar, three great cigars. If you want something mild, something medium, something ultra bold, New World from A.J. Fernandez, that line has something for everybody. The New World Connecticut, a mild-bodied cigar, mild to medium, nice sweetness, the New World Cameroon, Cameroon wrapper amongst the hardest to obtain wrapper in the world, highly sought after, tough to work with, but A.J. Fernandez knows how to do it, created that New World Cameroon, medium-bodied, some slight cedar, spiciness, has some nice tooth, very pleasant, and for those of you that are hearty, that like a full-bodied espresso, mm, such as I have fresh-pressed, fresh-brewed in my espresso uh, cup, then you will love the ultra-flavorful, ultra-bold New World Oscuro. Dark, dark, dark espresso-colored wrapper. Nicaraguan Puro. It is jam-packed with bold, rich, just uh, 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 complex flavors. It's box-pressed, a nice, full-bodied, elegant cigar. So the New World line by A.J. Fernandez is something for everybody from the New World Connecticut to the New World Cameroon medium body to the ultra full and flavorful New World Oscuro. Check them all out, ajfcigars.com. President Trump this morning, while he was on with uh, Mornings with Maria, Maria Bartelomo stated, and by the way, Maria was interrupting a little bit much, but he said, look, I've been through this and Within 24 hours, by taking the Regeneron antibody cocktail, I felt night and day. It is critical, it is imperative, that every American have the same level of care that the president does, and did. And he said that. He said, I want every American to have this Regeneron or the Eli Lilly counterpart, the antibody cocktail, for free. President Trump needs to make that case and say, look, I went through the Chinese Wuhan virus. I experienced it firsthand. What we need to do now is make sure that everything we've done so far with Operation Warp Speed, it is paying dividends. It is coming to fruition. And I want emergency authorized use. Every hospital in America and every emergency physician should have access to this and patients and Americans for free. That's big. That's huge. Make that case. President Trump needs to stick to two topics. Don't get up. Listen, we all know that Hillary is crooked. We all know that what took place, there was absolute coup. That's not what to talk about right now. What he needs to focus on is his response to the Wuhan virus, what they did, how he locked, when he locked down the country, he saved millions of lives. He needs to point out that there were three or four states responsible for 50% of the deaths. New York, what was it? New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, 
And I think uh, maybe California, I think another, I think it was California, all Democrat states. He has to say, look, when, when Governor Cuomo said to me, we need to bring the ship, we need that comfort ship, the victory ship, and the governor of California, I got it out of dry dock in a week when it was scheduled to be there for months. We also built a rapid hospital at the Javits Convention Center to accommodate 2,000 COVID patients. And it wasn't used. The ship went empty. And what did, what did the governor do? He sent all those people that were, were infected, people that had the Wuhan virus, he sent them back to nursing homes to infect others. He's responsible for the deaths. I'm responsible for saving lives. Talk about what he's done. Talk about the economy. Talk about how he's the one over the next four years to rebuild the economy. That it's not uh, Vice President Biden. He's not going to be the guy to, to, he's going to destroy the economy with the Green New Deal, which is an unrealistic multi-trillion dollar boondoggle. He's going to raise your taxes. He's going to stop us from being energy independent. He is going to kill the economy, the greatest economy that I built just prior to the Wuhan virus infection. Talk about those two items and start bashing China, saying China brought this in, China's not going to get away with it, and I'm going to make sure in my next term we're going to bring all our medicine manufacturing back to the United States. We're going to be less dependent on China. Talk about your response. Don't hide from it. Talk about your response to the Wuhan virus. Talk about you're going to be better to build back the economy, to rebuild the economy, to get it even better and bigger than before. And that you are going to make sure that we stop reliance on China and other countries. You stick to that, President Trump will win. Enough with the nonsensical banter. Enough with the extemporaneous bullshit. Stick to the message at hand. If you do that, President Trump, you will win. He said, I want to get back and do rallies. Again, if he tests two days or twice, two negative tests, whether they're two days in a row then he's good to go. And I guarantee you he'll be out and about. And he did make a good point. He said, look, when I have families come into the White House that are tested, and testing's not infallible, there's no doubt about it. But he said, when people talk to me about, I had gold star families, when people talk to me about their, their sons, their wives, their husbands, their daughters, they want to talk to me. I can't stop them. They want to get close. Some of them even want to hug. He said, that's... It, I, it would be derelict if I did that and said, sorry, stay 10 feet away. He is a president for the people. The Democrats don't want to admit it, but that is the truth. President Trump, stick to three topics. Stick to your response to the Wuhan virus and why, even though you're getting slammed, what you did saved millions of lives. Talk about the economy. You built the best economy ever. You're going to do it again. Because once this country's ready to go, we're going to be on fire. And that the people that are stopping the country from, from expanding and that are harming people are the Democrat governors that are, that, are, that are essentially trampling over the Constitution. And third, you're going to bring medicine and the reliance on foreign manufacturing. You're going to bring it back to this country, and you're going to do whatever it takes to get manufacturing back. You stick to that, hammer that home, you will be reelected. And I'll tell you a cigar that I would vote for if it was up for election. But it's not, because actually, it's already won the election. And that's the brand new Camacho Nicaragua. And I know that because 
I have talked to retailers across the country who have said the new Camacho Nicaragua is on fire. And the slogan is, forged in fire. Some things can't be tamed. The new Camacho Nicaragua full frontal flavor that is found in the volcanic soil of Nicaragua on the volcanic island of Ometepe. And Camacho has created the Nicaragua that is a nice oaky, uh, peppery, earthy, spicy cigar that's very smooth, very balanced, starting with an Ecuadorian wrapper, a Honduran binder, Dominican, Honduran, and that Nicaraguan Ometepe filler. The result is a cigar that is sweet, spicy, oaky, bold, a winner all the way. It's been on shelves since July. Talked to numerous retailers. They have told me it is flying off the shelves. So Camacho, Nicaragua, if you haven't tried it, you're looking for a medium, medium full cigar that's got nice spice, a little bit of sweetness, nice oaky tones. The Camacho Nicaragua would be the cigar for you. Camacho, live loud. You know, one other observation that I want to make here is that as we get down to the final four weeks of the election, you are going to hear without any question the libstream media, these political pundits who are totally in the tank for Biden. They will do whatever they need to sway the electorate. They're going to try to discourage Republicans from voting. They're going to try to discourage people because they're going to say, look at these polls. Biden's got it. Don't believe the polls. The only poll that counts is the election day poll. That's the final poll that counts. All the polls were wrong with the exception of one, and that was Rasmussen. They hit it on the head. But they didn't even hit it on the head in all the swing states. President Trump squeaked it out. And it's very interesting because I had a conversation this week with a Democrat, a moderate Democrat, not an ultra-lib. They're not these socialists. They're not one of these people that believe, let's let every immigrant in, uh, illegal alien, and give them, give them uh, free health care. More of a moderate. And he said, he goes, look, four years ago, there's no way in hell I was going to vote for Donald Trump. He said, frankly, I thought he was a huckster. I thought he was full of bullshit. Uh, you know, I wasn't a Hillary fan, but I felt she is more competent. She would have done a better job. He said, I was blatantly and totally wrong. Everything the president said he's going to do, he's done. Whether it is renegotiating trade deals, whether it is destroying ISIS, whether it is you know, building the economy, making the economy run, getting out of the way, and he's a business person. He's an entrepreneur. He's, he's got a small business. And he said the regulations would kill us. I said, well, how can he be a Democrat? Because that's all they want to do is destroy your regulations. And he said, you know, I'm rethinking that. And he said, I'm going to vote for President Trump. He said he's absolutely gotten a bad shake. He said, I don't like what Hillary did with the coup, and now it's very apparent. We all see exactly what they did. Brennan, Clinton, this was all fabricated. A fabricated fib that reached the upper levels of government. President Obama, Vice President Biden, John Brennan, Clapper, Comey, they were all complicit. All of them. And then we waste umpteen years on the Mueller investigation, taking down numerous people, costing people millions of dollars in legal fees. I think the Mueller commission was, what, $30 million, $25 million? For what? Hillary should be prosecuted. Hillary should be behind bars. But he made a very astute point. He said, listen, I believed all the bullshit that the liberal media was spewing about him that he was just going to be a clown show, that he said, look, do I, do I like the fact that he tweets all the time? No. 
But do I like what he's done? Has my business benefited? Have I benefited? Has the country benefited? He said unequivocally. I said, well, who are you going to vote for for other races when you see these Democrats? And he said, some Democrats I will vote for, but he said, I'm no longer going to vote straight ticket. I believe we are going to see much of that. And what's interesting is we could change the Republican Party, the name to the Trumplicans. Because when you look at many of these swamp rats in Washington, both Democrats and Republicans, they want to perpetuate the status quo. They want to perpetuate these big consulting fees. They want to perpetuate the military-industrial complex so they can, when they leave the Pentagon or they leave government service, when they've kind of scratched the back of the military-industrial complex, they get theirs. They get a board appointment. They get a consulting gig. They get a, a lobbying fee. It is infested with swamp and sewer rats and snakes in D.C. And the American people are fed up with it. What you see on, the, on CNN and on BSDNC from Washington and New York is not America. Okay, the, the average American does not go and eat a $100 lunch. They don't go to a five, four or five-star restaurant for an hour-and-a-half lunch where the bill is, uh, you know, $75, $80, $100. The people you see that supposedly are men and women of the people who are inside the Beltway, are in Manhattan, they don't know what America's about. They don't realize that most Americans, listen, $5 for a, 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 a subway footlong in many cases is a luxury. Many Americans brown bag it. They can't go. Listen, a $30 lunch is, is pie in the sky. But these are the people that sit on CNN and MSNBC that are all making in excess of five, six hundred thousand. In many cases, you look at them, they're making five, six million, two, three, four, five, six million dollars a year. They don't understand what's going through the, the heartland, flyover country. They have no clue because they're living in a bubble. Their own little bubble where they talk like this at cocktail parties and say, do me a favor, pass the Dom Perignon, please. They are living in fantasy land. And I always say, if these networks really wanted to understand America, they ought to move their bureaus to Des Moines, Kansas City, Atlanta, Charlotte, Wichita, Move them, move them out to the, to the, to the, to the heartland, to the, the blue-collar country. Move it to Buffalo. Move it to Pittsburgh. You want to know what people are really like and what their lives are like? It's not like uh, these people at their, at their uh, Upper East Side townhomes or their Georgetown uh, multimillion-dollar homes. I have no problem with people making money. I'm an entrepreneur. I believe in the capitalist system. Make as much money as you want. If it's done legally, have at it. I don't deride people that are successful. I applaud them. I admire them. But it's not the same with these media types and these Washington insiders and New York insiders, these uh, elitist uh, Northeasterners who believe they're the only ones that should be making millions of dollars. They're the only ones that should have the right to capitalize on their... And I love when they say, I'm a public servant. Bullshit. Next time somebody tells you, I'm a public servant, these public servants in many cases, whether they work for the DMV or they are a congressman, congresswoman, a senator, governor, they're making way above the average wage in the United States. 
When I see a DMV person that with overtime and everything else is making, what, 70 grand a year, 80 grand, and then they have a fully funded retirement at 70% of their salary, please, let's cut and spare me the horseshit that they are, they are public servants. If you're a public servant, I guess you should do the job for free. Then if, that, if somebody tells me, look, I'm a public servant, I'm taking those. Look, President Trump is legitimately a public servant. He's not taking a salary. He gives away every dollar, every cent of the $400,000 he's paid as president. In fact, he told the Treasury, don't pay me, but it's against the law. They have to pay him. So he gets the every quarter, whatever he takes in that quarter, he writes a check to a nonprofit. He's a true public servant. All these other people, whether the DMV, whether it's some authority, or they're uh, in government, or they're a politician, they're not public servants. They stay in office because they're making a big buck, they like life on the government public gravy train, and they know they're getting a big-ass pension when they're done without having to lift a finger. Most of these guys and women are just looking at the clock saying, oh, great, I've got three years, 28 days, uh, four hours and 17 seconds until I get my retirement. That's pathetic. They don't run this country. They don't build this country. They take from this country. It's the entrepreneurs, the workers, the blue-collar workers, the people wearing the hard hats. They are the ones building this country. Now, before we go, a couple of items. As I've got my nice Villager Sandoro Colorado in my hand today that I'm enjoying, if you want to get into cigars, you're a cigar virgin, you're a cigar experienced cigar connoisseur, you need to check out the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Our brother podcast is the Cigar Dave Show podcast where we talk cigars and everything related to being a cigar connoisseur. If you want to try cigars, if you want to get into the world of cigars, number one, you should absolutely subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show podcast. And number two, join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. You get three great cigars shipped to you every month in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch, the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. It could be cigars that are that are hard to get. For example, for October, we're featuring the Gurkha Heritage, a cigar that was released three years ago, limited run. I was able to, while I was touring the Gurkha headquarters and their, and their warehouse, I found three boxes of cigars of the Gurkha Heritage, a beautiful cigar that's been aging for umpteen years. They're gone. Can't get them anymore. Our Officers Club members are going to enjoy them and enjoy them slowly because when they're gone, they are gone. So go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, all the information, frequently asked questions are there, $22.95 per month, it's a month-to-month membership, no long-term contracts, and if you want to become a cigar connoisseur, if you're an experienced cigar connoisseur, the Cigar Dave Officers Club, absolutely highly recommended, know that you will enjoy it. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the not only Cigar Dave Show podcast, but the Bold Alpha podcast, give us a five-star review so we can continue talking about alpha male lifestyle conversational maneuvers and commentary without any restrictions, without any censorship, without any, in any way, shape, or form, gates being put up. We tell it to you straight. Some may like it, some may not, but ultimately, that's who I am. President Trump is who he is. That's who I am. Alpha Dave, your global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha, More commentary, as always, on Bold Alpha. 